This is Josh Bernstein, a freelance journalist and author, and you're listening to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. Welcome into the Beer Mighty Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. That's what's in your ears as you drink beers. Today, I'm with uh, Kai Leskowitz over at Aslan Beer in uh, Alexandria. Did I say Leskowitz right? Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to spell. Don't ask me to spell it. I feel like the only person I've ever come across that has said it correctly. Shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, I did uh, prep Kai a little bit here. Um, I want to find out a little bit. I'm gonna keep this short for everybody. I like these quick little snippets, but what do you know now that you wish you knew before you started the brewery? And I guess today is 2023. When did you start Aslan uh, Beer? We opened the doors to the public in September of 15. So okay. I would say we really started researching the brewery and putting things into motion in 12. So 12 through 15 was like trial research, uh, write the business plan, um, R&D beers in the basement kind of a deal. Mm. Um, but yeah, since opening the doors, there's so much stuff that we've learned. The industry has changed a lot. Uh, a ton. And you've moved multiple locations. Yeah. Um, well, you've grown to multiple locations. You moved out of your original location. Correct. Tell the folks what Aslan means, because I don't know if everybody knows where the name comes from. Oh uh, yeah, it's um, our wives' maiden name. So my business partner, Andrew, and I married into the same family. I married the middle, he married the youngest, and then the other brother-in-law, wasn't involved. <laughs> <laughs> he, does he make beer? No, 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 no. He's like an HR specialist or something like that. Okay. All right. Hey, we need them too. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So yeah. So, so what, what do you know now that you didn't? Uh, I mean, everything. I mean, specifically, I think we got engaged with you guys because of a policy issue, mm-hmm. right? Like we had a spoilage issue that we thought we had coverage for and clearly didn't. And we were significantly damaged because of that. And that's a, that, that's a big pain point when you have a 90 barrel batch go yeah, um, or multiple <laughs> yeah and um, the sooner you can figure that out the better I actually just stopped by a brewery before here and they're like we're good we have insurance I'm like I know you have insurance you, hopefully you have insurance but do you have the right stuff and you know maybe you're paying X amount but then when you have that large batch of beer that's not covered that uh, that, that costs money as well yeah right? so okay so you didn't know about the insurance world mm-hmm. um, what about like running a business managing people scaling yeah. up um, by far I, and this is I'm going to broadly speak for every business owner their number one problem is always going to be personnel the people okay. are people everyone's different everyone's unique in their own way interesting difficult whatever it may be mm-hmm. that is a chronic issue that you have to solve for as a business owner um, the good and the bad right yeah so we're in a people business yeah for sure no matter what you're doing, you're always in the people business, whether it's direct customer service or just your personnel. Beer helps, though. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> at least at night when you're moping around the couch or something. Yeah, yeah. Or if someone's in a bad mood, give them a beer. And they're like, hey, you're way happier now. <laughs> Love it. What would you change, if anything, about the way Aslan has done things? Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you asked, like I said, you asked me this offline. Um, and my knee jerk was I wouldn't change anything because we wouldn't really be where we are now had we not had those hurdles, those difficulties, um, whatever they may be. Some of the moments that we've had that we thought were really big success moments turned out later down the road to be worse because it put you in a bad position. But at the time, you don't know that stuff. Mm. Having the hindsight that we have now and being able to Monday morning quarterback everything, like, mm. yeah, I would change this thing or that thing or the next thing. But the reality is if I had the ability to know those things ahead of time, would I have been as successful? Would I have developed the perseverance to push to where we are now? Or would I, I don't know, may have, may have made different decisions or different missteps? You know, who knows? Hmm. But since we live in the multiverse, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just create your own whatever. <laughs> okay. 
Um, what are you excited about for say the next 12 months? Yeah, sure. So specifically for Aslan, we have a whole bunch of stuff that's in our innovation portfolio that we're looking okay. at this year. New format coming out for us in June, July timeframe. Um, we just launched our quote unquote West Coast style. Um, I saw that. <laughs> and really, I would say that's more like a, a not hazy, hazy beer. And by that, I mean it has all the ester profiles. Uh, it has a thiol yeast in it. It has like a stupid dry hop ratio. Um, <laughs> it's just supposed to have less or no haze in it. It's um, called Clear Nights. Clear Nights. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are two things that at least I'm excited about for this year. And there's a handful of other side projects or non-Aslan related things that we're working on that could be interesting things for us in the next year or so. Okay. All right. Talk to me about the state of the craft beer market. Obviously, a lot has changed in the eight years that you've been around, um, or yeah. even since the 11 years since you started planning. Um, where, do, where do we think we're heading in the next few years? Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, everyone, I think most craft beer owners look at year three to seven, so year five is the middle of that, as kind of like their guide for success. If you can get to year five, generally you've gotten over all those major hurdles, you're pretty well established. You can either maintain or maintain and grow. Um, we're beyond that hurdle, obviously, where we are now. But it's thinking about, okay, well, strategically, what are we doing for the next eight years? What are we doing for the next 12? Um, and what's happening currently in the craft beer world, you're seeing big beer exit that craft consumer element, like ABM, Bev, even yesterday, I think, posted this big thing about how they're downsizing all of their craft departments. They're getting, they're laying people off left and right. Somebody they just acquired, I think it was Platform Brewing in Ohio mm -hmm. last year, two years ago, they just shut all the locations down. I don't know. Um, so, you know, like these grandiose ideas that some craft beers might have about being bought out for multi-million dollars or billions of dollars, those, those years are gone. Um, what is the next step for craft beer is kind of like that innovative question, uh, the biz business model question you need to be asking yourself. Um, and, and reading the market, looking at these trends, nearly 10,000 craft breweries open now in, in this year. Yeah. When we started, there was like maybe 1,200 open. Yep. And we're talking about over an eight-year period, we saw that kind of growth, 8,000 8, breweries, 9,000 breweries enter the market. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. What are those guys doing? Like, How successful are these people? And that's great. Like, are we, are we training consumers to spend their dollars the right way and thinking about uh, how to insulate the industry and grow the industry in unique ways? Yeah, certainly, uh, I think the barriers to entry, right, it's kind of easy. There's a little hurdle of, you know, mm -hmm. hey, a little bit of capital, a little bit of paperwork, you can get a brewery open, right? You get a place. Yeah. But can you make good beer? Can you get people to come back? Can you scale it? Yeah. And those are lots of things that, you know, we're starting to see some consolidation. Some people come out of business, but we still, you know, in Pennsylvania, I still have, you know, 40-some-plus breweries pending opening. Right. You know, so I think in, in just piggybacking on that, like the consumers, education of the consumers is absolutely still the biggest struggle for all craft brewers. The ones who kind of paved the way for us, the big craft brewers like um, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, mm -hmm. um, even Dale's Pale Ale, the Canada, okay. Oscar Blues, right? Like those guys defined what craft beer is for a massive swath of generations. Our parents' generation, my generation, through the millennials and, and maybe even some Gen Zers. So a lot of craft brewers, no matter that we have the saturation of 10,000 breweries, are still trying to convince people that IPAs aren't these bitter bombs that we right. remember, right? right. Um, and other industries like wine and spirits have done a really good job of, of gatekeeping information but providing lots of education. Craft beer has espoused this uh, uh, ownership over the consumer, right? Like, take this ingredient, understand what I do. It's simple, it's an easy process, but we've never focused on 
uh, telling people how to drink it right or what these different profiles mean or mm. and educating people correctly. Well put. Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting to see. Now, what about styles? I mean, we're, you know, everyone, you know, years ago, was, hey, we're coming up on the lagers, and I don't think lagers will ever go away. Right? <laughs> I know. I had a Pilsner this morning, kind of this morning, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like, this is fucking good. Like, yeah. beer that tastes like beer. But then, you you know, I walk in here, and I smell the hops. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it smells terrific in here. You know, so I just love beer in general. Um, but new styles, um, more of the old styles. Uh, you're doing a West Coast. Is this your first West Coast? or This is probably our biggest commercial West Coast. Okay. We spent a lot of last year making different variants and running thing through, things through trial. But mm-hmm. um, the, and, and in no way is this a traditional like pine bomb that you okay. would see. Like This is no palate record. You know okay. what I mean? Um, but yeah, stylistically... Man, I wish I could predict what the industry is doing because year over year that would that would be the best opportunity for us is to present something. What we what I feel like the industry has been doing is a lot of rebranding so that we can enter that consumer market for um, and and beat and beat or defeat that like education hurdle that we're looking for in consumers. And the best example of this is a cold IPA. Right, mm-hmm. like, come on. We everybody knows what that means. It's a logger. It's yep. an IPL. We've been doing that yep. for years. But what makes it easier for the consumers to digest is explain it by a thing that's really broad, like IPA, and then put in a functional adjective like things like mm. cold, and then explain cold just means it's a logger yeast. Right. right? It's way way more digestible than explaining yep. to people um, the process of the difference in the yeast and you know the in the huh. entire fermentation elements there so our consumers just lazy <laughs> maybe or, uh, or we're doing a bad job explaining it so we have to come up with an easier way to to sell it or sure and, it. but then i always like to draw the comparison and, and this is a terrible conflation of the issue but like look at the wine world like wines are defined by their grape type but they don't ever talk about the fermentation element or why there's only 51 percent of this one grape and it's still defined this one way mm. um pick a cab or a bordeaux or whatever, right? Um, do people really know what that means? Like, do most consumers who are going out and buying a Cab Sauv really understand the blends that are going into that specific Cab, cab Sauv or the region where those are grown or right. the producer and supplier? No. But wine has done a really good job of telling people, you don't need to know that. Just drink it. It's good. Well, you got a red or a white. Yep. Um, you have, you know, dry or not dry, and here's what food it goes with. 100%, right? And here's beer trying to explain to people an IPL in a new format so that they can sell it. It's fantastic that it sells. It's a great idea. And maybe it is that simple. It's a coming down to a marketing play. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, go back to the seltzer craze from last year or two years ago. Like that's very similar. Unfortunately, things like the brute and yep, Cascade. that's what I was going to say. The brute. Yeah. <laughs> Remember like even five or six years ago, rebranding, uh, rebranding of a black IPA to a Cascadian IPA or vice versa. Like, geez, that, that could have been successful had it been done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's that's kind of the game for us is re- rebranding and representing things to consumers in a new in a new way. All right, cool. Well said. Much appreciated. You ready for? I got some rapid fire. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, favorite board game? Oh man, damn. Uh, I would say uh, Othello or Go. One of those okay. is pretty fun. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know you're a hockey guy. What's your favorite NHL hockey team? Oh, that's not fair. I really loved the Whalers as a kid growing up in Connecticut. Okay. Um, and specifically uh, of them, Ron Francis was like our number one player at the time. And now that he's like the GM of the Hurricanes, or was the GM, was he the, now he's at the Kraken maybe? Man, like just watching those guys be successful in their later years. Currently I'm a Caps fan, and, and that's easy because we have people like Alexander Ovechkin, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. 
Um, I see a book on your desk over here, Made to Stick. Yeah. I've read that. Good book. Yeah. Um, do you have any others that you would recommend? Oh, my gosh. Probably. Um, can I cheat and, like, look at my audio yeah. library real quick? Because I spend a lot of time listening to books. Okay. Um, and I do, there's a bunch that I, that I go back to. I'm listening to, I had a gentleman on the podcast, uh, he recommended the E-Myth Revisited. Okay. Um, E-Myth. I always thought it was actually, like, about, I don't know, electronics or the internet or something. It's actually, the E stands for entrepreneur. Um, I'm reading the book, I'm halfway done, and the audiobook popped up. So I'm actually doing both at the same time kind of to make it stick a little more because actually reading halfway through it, I'm like, wow, this is actually really good and this pertains to me. It's hitting home. So I'd recommend the E-Myth Revisited. Nice. Um, over the last few years, I read, I read or reread or listened to Two Beats Ahead by uh, Panos Pani and Michael Hendricks. Okay. It's a book that kind of goes over music industry and how innovation in the music industry has kind of affected other industries. Mm. Um we have another one floating around the office here we all shared called Humanocracy by Gary Hamill. Okay. Uh, we've been going through that. Um, is that something you do at the office? Like everybody kind of reads it, talk about so it? So every, this is a, probably a terrible idea, but every Christmas we kind of give the directors or manager level people a, a book that either one, Andrew or I, have enjoyed through the year uh, and found applicable to a, a project or something yeah. and encourage people to, to read them. Nice. Um, do they read it? Yeah, I would say a good portion of the people do. Good. Um, man, I, I'm telling you, I read, uh, and this is going back a few years, I, I tend to revisit this one, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Yep. Terrific um, book. Yeah. And and uh, what was the other one that Horowitz did that was around that time? I don't know, but I read back-to-back -back that Ben Horowitz book, mm -hmm. Good to Great by Jim Collins, mm -hmm. and then Never Split the, Bris the Difference. Difference by Chris Vallis. So good. Man, those three books together, I just, I continually find myself referencing them. Yeah, those are all really nice books. Awesome, man. Well, Kai, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. My pleasure, Kai. Cheers. Cheers. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. That'll help us get found by other fantastic people like yourself. I don't monetize this, so all I ask is that if you like it, share it with someone else who might like it. Connect with me on Instagram at Beer Mighty Things Podcast. Catch you all next time. Cheers and Beer Mighty Things.